This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to Capness HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Capness. Our guest today is Nick Tran. Nick, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready. Nick Tran is manager, community and veterans affairs for Slumberze Limited. Before the show, Nick served as manager of veteran programs, human resources for Cameron, a Slumberze company, where he was responsible for providing strategic leadership for Cameron's development and implementation of a veterans program that focused on veteran community outreach, career development, and veteran recruitment initiatives. During 2014-2015, Nick was military recruitment program manager for Cameron, a Slumberjay company where he created and implemented a veterans program to attract, recruit, and retain former military veterans for the organization. Prior to joining Cameron, Nick held several leadership positions in human resources to include talent acquisition manager for Express Energy and recruiting manager for Igloo Products Corporation. Nick was acknowledged as a contributing author for the Recruiting for Dummies book published in 2001. Nick is a U.S. Army veteran and served in several combat deployments, including Operation Desert Storm, Enduring Freedom, and Iraqi Freedom. His military decorations include two combat action badges, two Army Accommodation Medals, Southwest Asia Service Medal, Iraqi Campaign Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, Kuwait Liberation Medal, the Governor's 20 tab. Nick earned a Professional Human Resources Development Certificate from the Susan M. Glasscock School of Continuing Studies at Rice University. Nick is currently attending the Executive Program for Leadership Development at Harvard Business School. His board affiliations include Executive Advisory Board for Next Op Vets, Executive Advisory Council Military Friendly, Committee Member of the Boy Scouts of America, and the Advisory Board of the Alliance for Martial Cultural community service. Nick, thank you for being here. You're definitely doing a lot for our community and I know I appreciate that. So I'm going to turn it over to you and what all, what is Nick Tran doing right now? What's, what are you involved with right now? So I'm in charge of the uh, veteran initiative we have to um, empower veterans. That's, that's our focus, to empower veterans in two main key areas. One is recovery and that's recovery from physical or mental wounds. And uh, secondly is to empower veterans in by helping them transition transition from the military into a, a career. I'm not talking about a job, but you know, we're interested in bringing them to career something that is sustainable for them and their family and that they can they can retire from. So Slumberjay, for those who don't know, we're the largest oil and gas services company in the world. We have over 100,000 employees in 85 countries. And um, the, the focus to hire veterans made, made sense for us because a lot of our roles are field related where you, we either have a mechanical technician or electrical technician or field engineer that spends a lot of time on the oil rig and we can send them out to a customer's rig, a customer being like Exxon, BP, Shell, some of the, the main players and they could be out in that rig for three weeks at a time and you know we're operating all over the all over the world so it could be real hot, it could be real cold. And for the longest time, we had uh, we had problems with retention because people would just go in there and just realize, hey, this, I can't do this. The money is great. First year income for a lot of our field engineers is over six figures. But the, the operation tempo of like staying out and working in those harsh environments were just something they were not able to do. So I was thinking back, my military career and all those deployments I had, a lot of people that I worked with, we, we worked in some pretty tough environment from... Um, 
134 degrees in the desert to negative 16 degrees in, in the mountains of Afghanistan. And we still made, we still did what we had to do. We had to get the job done, get the mission accomplished. And so I proposed a pilot program to allow us to hire some veterans and put them straight into field service positions and see how that goes. So on average, our turnover rate for field service technicians historically have been 68%. So we, you know, people just come in and, you know, within 180 days, they're pretty much, uh, they're out and we have to hire new people and retrain them. So with this pilot program that, that finally got approved, I was able to hire 12 veterans initially for the program. And after a year of, and after a year later, only one left. So we have a turnover rate of 9% versus a company average of 68%. So obviously that was a pretty big success. And, um, you know, things just, just launched from there. And I realized, you know, we're hiring a lot of vets, but what are we doing to keep them around and are we developing them? So I created a, a training program for vets. It's a career development. So once a quarter, we'll have, we'll invite speakers from different levels of the organization, from executive leadership team to outside speakers that are, that have been successful, that have been veterans, that have been successful in their careers to provide career advice on how to grow your career within the organization. And um, topics like personal branding, gravitas, time management, just all different topics to help people within an organization to continue to grow and move upward within an organization. And then another thing is, you know, instead of just going out to recruit by going to specific military job fairs, we wanted to go out and make a name for ourselves as an employer who really truly cares about the veteran community. So we go out and we support nonprofit organizations that focus on the two things I talked about before to help veterans in recovery and transition. So we have organizations that help mentor vets, give them resume advice, interviewing tips, and we, we donate money to, to those organizations. We also volunteer. There's several vets within our organization. We have over a thousand vets here in the U.S. And for example, we have like uh, recently we went to Fort Bliss and um, was invited by the USO to provide a resume and interviewing clinic workshop for transitioning vets. So the, the class had 55 veterans in, in it. And uh, we came out there. We I brought some HR folks with me. We did that. We sat down and um, looked at all their resumes and just gave them tips and advice, gave them mock interviews. And it's just stuff like that, that at Fort Bliss, they're still 180 days out from, from the discharge. And so we're obviously we're not there to hire them immediately, but we wanted to bring on our organization out there, help vets what we can. And our, our statement is pretty much, we want to give you the skills to make you, to help you transition successfully. And if you choose us, that's great. But if you decide to work for someone else, that's fine too. Our goal is to, to help you. So pretty much that's, that's my program in a nutshell. And I like to open up for questions. If anybody had specific questions that I can help based on some of the lessons I've learned developing different programs through different companies. Hey Nick. So um, I actually grew up in Odessa, Texas in the middle of our company in West Texas, our country. And there's a lot of boom and bust in the oil industry. How does that affect you know, when you're recruiting veterans? How, you have to explain that to them, that's boom and bust, or how does that work? So, yeah, so, I mean, obviously the, uh, the downturn in 2014, starting from 2014, really hurt the industry quite a bit. And you know, we, we've lost a significant amount of people, just like every other major oil player in game. But the thing is, in the Permian Basin right now specifically, it's a very competitive market. And employers are basically taking – nabbing employees from other companies and everybody's just doing like, kind of like a musical chairs. They'll, they'll work for com one company, get pulled out, work for their competitor, and then eventually come back. And that, that model is really not sustainable. So the reason we go to or 
Fort Bliss, which is four away, four hours away from the Pernian Basin, is to establish our brand there and educate people who, who are not familiar with the oil and gas industry and are afraid of the oil bust and boom, you know, the cycles that, that this industry has. And also, you know, the, the shift towards cleaner energy is eventually is, is going to happen. And for us, we, we understand that. I mean, personally, I, I feel oil and gas is not going anywhere for at least another 80 years. But we are also investing in a lot of technology to put us in positions for us to be able to transition whenever that the, the new energy and new sustainable green energy is available, that we're also going to be a player in that market as well. For those that don't know, Schlumberger, we're, we're the eighth largest employer of IT professionals in, in the world. When you think of IT, you think of Amazon, you think of Facebook, Google, Apple, but uh, we're, we're ranked number eighth as far as hiring IT folks. So technology is very, very important to us. And um, that's some of the things we, we help educate when we also go to the basis to educate veterans that this, this is a sustainable organization. We, we're, we're not going anywhere. And we're also prepared to make that shift whenever it, it's appropriate. Nick, so when you recruit veterans, uh, do, do you recruit them all the same? Or is there, is there a different plan for like based on, you know, the different branch, different ranks, different length of service? Is like different plans for that? Or is it all basically veteran recruiting? Yeah, so we, no, it's not. We, we, don't, we don't recruit vet, veterans just because they're veterans. So we have a target. There's, there's two targets that, that we hit. One is mid-level NCOs, which are non-commissioned officers. Those are your enlisted um, in the civilian sector that would be considered uh, your workers, your, um, your supervisors. And then we also have a junior military officer program, and those are your managers. So the first, the first one is, you know, NCO program. We look for folks that have, have worked in the military as either mechanic or electrician or have gone through the naval nuclear program. And we put we hire those folks for field service or field engineers, putting put them in our in our manufacturing plants, and uh, you know we start them off pretty good salary. I mean, they're like I said, they they average between eighty to to hundred twenty first year. Our JMO program for junior military officers, it's, it's a development program. What it, what our intent is to bring them in and put them into um, several business segments. Initially, first year or two years, they're going to be in a certain business segment, and then second year we're gonna we're gonna move them into a different one. For example, if, you, if we start them out as a field engineer, they work out in the field uh, managing a crew for two years. After that, we're going to move them to something in a corporate. Could be HR, could be finance, could be communication, and then we'll move on to another spot. And the reason for that is because we want them to be well-rounded as, as far as business leaders within an organization to understand a different how different business segments operate. And another thing we also do is we want to make sure that they have exposure in at least three countries. So if they start out here, out here in the U.S., you know, the next next opportunity we offer them could be somewhere in the Middle East, could be in Europe, or could be, in, could be in Asia. Because we're such a global company, we want them to have that global exposure. Because if they're going to be in, in a senior leadership position, they need to have that business acumen and also the cultural awareness that we require from them, from everybody in, in that level. Nick, so through your experience during recruiting with veterans, is there like a one skill that a lot of veterans are missing when they try to transition the biggest thing that uh, companies have challenges with is they look to see what that veteran did in the military, and they're stuck on that. Now, I think the military is, if you think of the military as, as like a college job or something somebody did in high school, this does not mean that veteran is only capable of doing that specific thing. For just as an example, in my military career, I was a special operations medic. 
I'm definitely not doing anything medical related in my career now. And if a recruiter just saw me as a medical guy, then you know I would never have been in the spot to make these contributions to for this organization. So look at the bigger picture. I mean, there are certain positions that you require a certain skill set or background, and that's fine. But if you're looking for somebody that can learn quickly, somebody that has the tenacity and the grit to get the job done no matter what, then look look at your veterans. And the key for those is ask for their evaluation report. So a non-commissioned officer has an NCO ER, and what that is is a non-commissioned officer evaluation report. You get two of those a, two of those a year. Officers get two of those a year as well. And basically, that's that's kind of like your your annual review. And on the civilian side, it tells us um, what accomplishments that veteran did during that, that year, what uh, areas that uh, need to be improved. So it, it, it gives you a good, solid, I would say, like a, a microscope into what they did in, in the background. I mean, they can say they, they were a great soldier or veteran, but, you know, you, you have that paperwork. And any veteran that, that is at least squared away is going to have a book that has all of his information, his or her information uh, that they can share it to you. Yes, thank you, Nick. Next, talk about time you were successful, what you learned from the success, and what we can learn from the success, success that you had. I mean, from a personal standpoint, it, it was just, I think it was just my attitude. I don't know how applicable this is for your listeners that are, that are companies, but you know, when I got out of the military, I knew I had to take a couple steps back. And uh, I was 25 years old at that time. And I got a job working, selling computer training for uh business to business and the hours were the hours are pretty pretty hard it was you know you had to get there at seven o'clock and you work until seven at night you had to make a certain amount of calls and um it was it was i mean i hate to say it but this the job was was almost a sweatshop because you know if you want to go to the bathroom you had to raise your hand and ask for permission to go and uh it was it was tough but at that time everybody that was around me that were hired were just saying, Hey, I, this, this job sucks. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take, put up with this. And they pretty much left. And I just stuck around and say, Hey, this is great. This is the first time I got to work in a corporate office. You know, I got to, I got to go there before the sun came up and, and left after the, the sun went down. And for me, I, at 25 years old, that was my first corporate job. And I thought it was the best thing in the world. I didn't get paid much, but I, I was there longer than uh, everybody that, that got hired in my group. Cause they hired a group at a time and then put them through training and then, and last, I mean, I worked there for about over a year, did pretty good, and I just moved on to a better career. But I think it was just attitude that helped me be successful. And uh, I think you'll find a lot of that with veterans. Um, not every veteran is going to be like that because, you know, veterans are just people. I mean, they, they come from population, the general population as well. But there are, you can find the, the cream of the crop if you do your research and just learn more about the veteran culture and, uh, and just look at some of their background. Nick, next, talk about a time that you failed what you learned from this failure and what we can learn from this failure that you had in the past. You know, that the thing about failure is that if you don't fail, you're not, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. You're getting complacent. I mean, that, when I built the program, there's uh there's what I had an idea of what the program was about and you know, what for management thought what the program was about. I mean, I, I failed because I, my, I was so one, my, my vision was so one dimensional that, Hey, I want, I want to help vet, veterans, but uh, I didn't take into account, Hey, where this, how does this program, benefit the business. So I made my first presentation for, um, for a uh, president of our business segment. And it was like, I want to help veterans. We want to do these things. And she's like, that's great. Uh, I've got 20,000 employees here in North America and only a thousand of them are, are veterans. I can't spend all my resources to just help a thousand. So I went back to the drawing board and realized that 
how can I sell this program that will benefit the business? So obviously, I brought in different business managers from the segment and uh, asked them what was important and why, why they would want to hire veterans or, or what was their performance gap that they needed and how veterans can fill that. Now, after I fixed that, represented it, and of course, I got buy-in on it. So, I mean, you have to fail. I mean, if you don't fail, it means you're not pushing yourself hard enough and you're not going to get to the next level. I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree, you know, you got to be uncomfortable and attaining failure is good, as long as you learn from it, of course. Nick, talk about mm-hmm. someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you. It's not always just been in my past. It's, uh, it's every day. So I've built a good network with veterans from other organizations, even com- competing organizations, veterans from nonprofit organizations. So, you know, it's not just one person. It's, it's a whole coalition of people who want to help veterans. And most of them are veterans within organizations. So we do a lot of uh, knowledge sharing with our competitors, with our customers. We do co-presentations with Exxon. They have a pretty good network of veterans within the organization. We work with Philip 66, BP. So, I mean, it's not, uh, like I said, it's not one person. You always, there's a ton of people willing to help. You just have to get out there, make a name for yourself uh, and establish your, your network within the veteran community. Thank you. That, that's very good advice. I mean, you have to be open to advice every day. Next Tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Of course, you know, your close family, close friends, they know this, but most people don't know this about Nick Tran. For me, it was somebody told me a long time ago, like, what's don't always don't get complacent and what's the next best thing you're going to do. So uh, I know I find a lot of people that were veterans that have done some great things during their military career, but they live the rest of their life based on those accomplishments. And then, you know, for me personally, I don't want to be that old guy that just talks about the war and how I did this and that and nothing more. I want to continue to evolve. I, you know, my career, my personal self, I want to continue to grow. I want to, uh, to move forward. Professionally, I brought Cameron on the, uh, the map with getting the military-friendly employer award first time ever for Cameron. And, you know, I could very easily just lift off of that and say, hey, yeah, I did that. But now, you know, it's 2000, 2017. And, uh, you know, there's more accomplishments that I have to continue to, to, to search for, to, to strive for, to, uh, to make, you know, and, and I want to continue to do that throughout my life. That's my advice. I hope, hope it works for everybody. But, uh, you know, it always never stop evolving, never stop growing, never stop learning. That's great advice, Nick. Nick, Nick, uh, we're coming to the end of our talk. Can you provide any social media platforms for either yourself or, or Sun Berger so people can reach out to you? Uh, obviously, you can connect with me through LinkedIn. That's the, usually the best way to do it. My name is Nick B, B as in boy, Tran. And that's how I'm listening on, on LinkedIn. I'm, you know, I'm pretty busy, but I, I would love to, uh, to help um, share some of the lessons that I've learned through the development of our program. And I'm still learning to make things better. I'm, I'm working on making a program global for our organization. You know, there's certain countries we want to go into. But uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. LinkedIn is the best way to do it. And it's uh, Nick B. Tran. And for our listeners, all the links will be on our show notes. Nick, before we end the talk, can you provide any last words of advice, either like to veterans, you know, in the job search transition, job search transition or the companies trying to figure out how to recruit these veterans? Okay, so I have, I have a couple. For veterans, all right, you're going to take the initiative like you did in the military. You're going to have to do your recon. And what I mean recon is you're going to have to research the companies before you go there and try to figure out what you want to do. You have to figure out what you want to do. You can't bring your resume, give it to a recruiter and ask the recruiter to say, hey, what, where do I fit in your organization? You need to find out what that organization does. You need to find out what jobs are available. You need to find out the, uh, the minimum requirements for those jobs. In the military, we call those the standards. You have to meet every one of those standards and you have to exceed them. And you have to beat everyone that also meet those, those standards because the, the market is very competitive. 
So you need to get there, take initiative and take charge of your own career. For employers, again, don't look at the veteran based strictly on what he or she did in the military because, you know, whatever job they did in the military may not necessarily be, be the, the role they want to continue in, in their civilian career. Look based on, on their behavior patterns, you know, look at their evaluation reports. And if you're going to hire veterans, don't just go out there, hire veterans. You got to fix your house first. Make sure you have, you, you remove the in- barriers to entry to your organization. Like, you know, if, if a position re- doesn't really require a bachelor's degree, you, can you substitute that with four years of military experience? I mean, that's just questions you, you have to answer yourself. Um, also, do you have military-friendly policies within your organization? If you have employees that are currently serving in Guard and Reserves and they get deployed either for disaster relief or they, they get deployed to war, what do you have? What are you doing for them? I know the uh, federal law requires you to, to hold their jobs for five years, but for us, you know, we like to go above and beyond. We, we match their salary of what they, they lose when they go back to service to a year. So, for example, if, if they're making 100000 here without organization and they get deployed for a year to Afghanistan and they're only going to make 50000 in their military salary, we're going to compensate the other fifty for them. Now, the, the concept for that is we want that service member to go and focus on the mission, get home safe to their families and to us. We don't want them to have to worry about paying a mortgage. We don't want them to be struggling while they're out there protecting our, our freedom. So think about what programs you have that are military friendly for your organization and have that in place. So like I said, fix your house first, build your foundations before you go out and start recruiting people. That's very good advice. So Nick, thank you for being a guest on the Cabinet Station podcast. I know you're a busy person. You're doing a lot of great things. That's not only for veterans, but people in general. So thank you very much for that. To our listeners, thank you for your time and remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again and be great every day.